They're coming to get you, Barbara. It's my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. We've been punished by the Creator. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Welcome to this week's edition of Zombie Apocalypse, where we're talking about the 1979 zombie classic, Zombie, Zombie 2, Zombie Flesh Eaters, whatever you call it in your local video store, we're going to discuss the nitty gory gritty of the Lucio Fulci classic. I'm here, Maniac Mondo, with our co-host, Roger Mortis. Good evening. The Possessed Lamp. How's it do? And the Professor Plump. Okay. So how are you fellas this week? How did you enjoy our first real zombie movie on our zombie podcast? I want to direct that. Man, this wasn't nearly as good as Maggie, man. (laughs) Uh, Plump. Plump. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, I agree 100%. Wow, I uh, I can't I can't, I can't even continue with that nonsense. But uh, I do want to throw it directly to Professor Plump right out of the gate here. Um, the three of us grew up pretty uh, influenced by uh, video nasties such as this one, and this was Plump's first viewing. So um, you pop that cherry and why don't you go ahead and tell us about all of that gory blood that you discovered? Well, let me tell you, I can totally see why this movie is as revered as it is because this is a really great B movie, zombie movie, whatever classification you want to give it, you know? And um, I kind of also see why they wanted to market it as a sequel to Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Although, as I was watching it, I thought to myself, if you're going to go that route, it kind of works better as a prequel. <laughs> but anyway, I don't go that route. But I, w- I really enjoyed this movie. Um, great effects. The thing that I was most impressed with, I think, was the fact that they kind of went back to zombie movie roots with the voodoo angle because you know ever since night of the living dead came out and you had zombie movies like romero movies what whatever you know it's kind of went away from the voodoo angle so it's kind of nice to see it return to its original roots there a couple of counterpoints i wanted to to make i'm glad you liked it first of all uh second of all the reason that it was in fact marketed as a sequel is uh, the copyright laws in Italy allow any movie to be marketed as a sequel. And in fact, had it not gone that route, it would not have been greenlit and might not have been made. Pre-production wanted it to be a, you know, a rushed sequel to uh, Zombie, as Dawn of the Dead was called in Italy, right at the beginning. Uh, 
I agree 100%. One of my favorite aspects of the plot is, in fact, the return to the voodoo plots of the older zombie flicks. And the way that they kind of blend those two concepts concepts together is uh, done really well. Um, it's just like one of these movies that everything, it just fires in all cylinders. and Everything works. The plot moves along great. The scares are good. The gore is great. It's just really well written and um, just expertly directed. Its place as a classic uh, will never be contested, in my opinion. And the music. Let's not forget about that incredible music. Especially yeah, absolutely. The the classic uh, Italian picture, uh, great soundtrack for trash. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a thing. But uh, I think his name's Fritzy Fab Fabio Fritzy. He worked with Fulci a lot. They were uh, constant collaborators. So uh, that's no surprise either that it has such a good soundtrack. And this was my first time watching this movie in. 4k and i finally like i got the 4k a while ago and i finally had the time to sit down and watch it and uh this podcast helped me out with that and i gotta say if you guys didn't see this in 4k you don't know what you're missing uh, i don't know i think 1080p is efficient it's truly um i it was um the second 4K UHD I ever bought behind the Halloween, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a reboot sequel to the original, the 2018 Halloween. The reboot cool. Yes, reboot cool. That's a great word for that movie. But this this really was a showcase for the format for me. My jaw hit the floor at certain spots. The water, the fire, everything just popped so well. It, I did not, I, I didn't believe this movie could look this that great. Like you can really see, like the artistry, but enough about propping up a, a disc format. No matter how you watch this movie, it is an incredible piece of work. I watched it twice on sh on Shutter while I was away from my television, and once in 4K. So I, I I find this movie infinitely rewatchable. I find it like a vacation. Like I want to be in this island. Maybe not about to get eaten by zombies, but I I just the locations are eye candy to me it's there's just a vibe especially the, it, the music when they when they that that um that didn't that weird jungle music it's so good it just takes <laughs> you to a place it's it's one of these things where if you can remember all these years uh, years later um when the walking dead was first released everybody was out of their minds with the fact that here's this zombie TV show and you get to live in this zombie world for more than just a movie because every fan of the genre just wants to be in that universe longer. And this movie in particular, when I watch it, I just want to be in this universe longer. It, they build so well from the first act to the last act, this anxiety that is just... You're constantly closer and closer to the edge of your seat 
by the time they get to that end point where they're on the boat heading back to New York and you've gotten past that, I don't want to say, um, uh, initial horde for is like, as far as the invasion, we'll call it an invasion goes that happening on that Island. And then you see that it is now it's spread worldwide. As far as you know, you could assume if it's in New York, then it has, you know, escalated at that point and just to live in that world longer especially this one and as i was saying with the 4k presentation the colors are so spot on and beautiful that i just wanted to exist in this movie longer i can't wait to watch it in 4k again so let me post go ahead go on i was just going to say that ending to the new york the zombies walking on the bridge is not only such a great shot, but such a tease of a movie that they could never make, you know, like they're never going to yeah. have the budget to make that movie, but and you know what? runs wild. That scene right there is why I feel if you were going to lump this together with Romero's Dawn of the Dead, that's why I feel this would be better as a prequel, because that shows the zombie virus outbreak, whatever, coming to the States. You see it in America or you see it in New York and it's only a matter of time before it makes its way to the Pittsburgh area. It's very possible that, yeah, that could have been like the starting point of it spreading across the country easily. There's like, and I think the movie is good enough in quality and the way the zombies look since they're like, they're like mud cake a lot of the time. Cause you know, it's on like a right. muddy Island. So they could be this the same zombies from Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead or what have you. It's a it's a credit to the makeup team too when you think about it because when you look at the big notable zombie flicks of that era, you have Dawn of the Dead released in seventy eight, just a year prior. A few years before that, you have you know the late sixties black and white um, Night of the Living Dead. The the zombies that Romero puts in screen always look good for that movie, but they, I don't think ever are as hideous or as grotesque as the zombies that you see in zombie two. And that's something that I think needs to be appreciated that they put that much effort in 1979 into these monster effects. Mm. You know something? Wait, oh, I, um, a lot. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think uh, one of the really interesting aspects of going down the voodoo path with your zombie origin is I think it gives you a lot more um, creative possibilities. And I say that, think of it this way. If you look at the way zombies are done in films like Romero's uh, Dead Trilogy, okay? The zombies coming back to life were, it was more of a scientific thing as opposed to voodoo, which is more mystic. And because it was more scientific in Romero's films, it was kind of limited. The bodies that were coming back to life were more the recently deceased because the ones that had been dead a while, you know, were too decomposed or what have you to be able to 
you know, be able to move around and whatnot. Here in this movie, when you enter into the equation, the mysticism, the voodoo element, you can have a little more freedom with what you want to do with your zombies. You know, you're not limited to recently deceased bodies. You could have a wide variety of decomposition. You could have, I, I mean, really the, I would say the sky's the limit, but six feet under is the limit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This movie's totally built around the shot of the zombie coming out of the grave. Like, I right. Like the movie yeah. started with that. They're like, okay, we want to do this. So how do we build a movie around it? Which is, I think, I think that's a treasure right there. I mean, as filmmakers ourselves, uh, we can relate to having that one shot in our head and then having no money to make a movie around it. So, go ahead and plug our stuff. <laughs> so that being said, let me pose a question to you guys. So obviously you have the the zombie with the the wormy maggoty eye that's really iconic, the one that's used on all the promotion art for this movie. But were there any zombies in particular that really stood out to you in this movie as having an iconic look or presence? Let me go uh, the first. Fat zombie Let me on go the boat. first. Okay. okay, you can have the fat zombie. You didn't take my zombie. Yeah, That's I'll okay. Take go ahead. <laughs> you can have the fat zombie on the boat. No, what's your zombie? That's mine. I'm claiming it. Yeah, the underwater sh- zombie that fights the shark. That's the scene that needs to be talked about because yeah, that's that that is a fucking scene. So, you know, uh, last couple of episodes, I tried. You know, I was I was doing intros and I was trying to just include as many weird and fun facts or uh, obscurities about a movie, just fit them into the thirty second intro, and. Any other week, the the intro would have ended and sharks fighting zombies underwater. But the scene is so well done from beginning to end when she's hiding, fleeing, swimming away from the shark. And it was, uh, to my uh, recollection, it looked like a tiger shark. And... Then, bam, there's a zombie scare underwater. And that's something that we've always, Plump and I in particular, but I feel like as a community, we've always kind of questioned what what could a zombie do underwater. I remember when, what is it, Max Brooks's uh, zombie survival guide was released. I could be wrong because it's been a long time, but I do remember him... Uh, postulating that a zombie could not swim or exist underwater uh, because the currents would be too strong or something. I don't quite remember, but it's definitely an argument that resonated in my brain for all of these years. So it's, first of all, cool that the the zombies are shown underwater. It's safe to assume that the fat zombie that Mondo is a fan of at the beginning is shot off of the boat, falls into the water, eventually finds its way on shore and spreads throughout New York. That has to be where the contamination starts. So the fact that they went so... I don't even want to say in depth, but it probably started with how cool would it be if a shark fought a zombie. But the fact that you have that scare, you have that zombie 
then now there's two presents that are are a danger to this woman. She gets out of there, and then you have the cool zombie versus shark fight, which I don't know how they filmed it, but it looks really good. Uh, some of that, from looks, what I've seen, of, they brought in a fucking shark trainer, and that's a real shark. He's like, yeah, it was well, obviously a real shark. Also and, shot without permission from the director. That wasn't even a thing. It was just some guy's idea. They got thrown in the movie. He went did it behind his back, like so many other really good shark Italian like shark exploitation movies itself. Just uh. That scene, it's it's good as a as a shark enthusiast, as a zombie enthusiast, as as a guy that it just surrounds himself with kind of both of those things. I am basically a shark autist, so that scene is is really really good. I'm I'm impressed. Autist, you could come. You could look at Land of the Dead when they're I walking. Like sharks. The zombies are walking out of the water, and then yeah. tie it back to this, like it. It still feels like it. It's in the same concurrent timeline, you know. I think the rules are the think, same in this movie as they are in all of the Romero movies. It blends so well. You could you could put this before or after any of his flicks. Uh, Plump referred to it as a trilogy, and I really gotta contest that Land of the Dead is an unappreciated classic and definitely is part of the that big three. It's no, I a big agree. Four I just to me. Well, if you want to get technical, there's six, but well, we'll we'll discuss no, I, this I only other re- sequels later. I only referred to it as a trilogy because I'm so used to doing that from my youth. I can yeah, see to me when you're talking about this movie in the area came out, like yeah, I'd say trilogy. Land of the Dead, uh what yeah. Unappreciated classic, I don't know. But, oh, I love Land oh, of the Dead. I yeah, hold it up to be as time. equal as the other, as the previous three. We'll get into Land of the Dead soon. I'm assuming that uh, Mondo is speaking from memory and hasn't watched the movie in 15 years. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I can't, I can't comment on the quality of it or whatever. But when we, I think of the Romero zombie movies, I don't think of Land of the Dead. I don't think of Diary of the Dead or Survival of the Dead, really. I think of that initial, the, the trilogy. That ends I don't want to lose zombie to Romero in the podcast. We're definitely going to get into all of that soon. Land of the Dead is definitely on my short list of movies. But um, the reason I brought it up is because I wanted to point out that Big Daddy from that movie, I feel like could blend into Zombie 2 seamlessly, which was the point I was making that like this movie just just fits so well with, with Romero's overall tone and presentations while also doing their own Italian exploitation thing with with the concept also leading up to the zombie in the water fighting the shark we have some really choice nudity which i appreciate yeah, you get your you get your gratuitous gratuitous nudity hey you get you get it out of the way and then you get a nice beautiful uh underwater scene so it, it was definitely refreshing as the third episode of this podcast to to get out of the get out of the countryside and go to the ocean. You just like tits. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And to get some tits. I mean, come on. And we all we all like tits. Tits are awesome. These are explo- but, exploitation movies here. We need yeah. So at least at least one. 
both of the nudity scenes in this movie lead to the two most iconic scenes of the film. If you think about it, you got the nudity that leads to the shark, and then you have the chick taking the shower, and she goes and gets the wood pierced through the her eye gouging. That the eye that was my favorite Paolo, scene in Paolo, the whole movie. Paolo. Well, that doesn't surprise me because it's also one. It's probably the second most marketed sequence of the movie too. Whereas that the the zombie is often featured on the production art. There is a DVD cover that has her um, a terrified face with the with the wood about to pierce her eye socket. It's it's up there as far as the imagery goes. Now, I got to tell you, I was watching this movie for the first time and I'm watching that scene and she's getting closer and closer to that shard of wood. And the whole time I'm thinking there's no doubt at the very last second she's going to get pulled away or something. And then all of a sudden right into her eyeball. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> just keeps going. And it's slow, it, gotta, slow, painful. It is so well done, though. It looks so good. I am not... Okay, we're on a horror movie podcast, okay? Horror movies and the gore effects do not gross me out, but that particular effect literally made me cringe, man. That's that's a good delivery. It's, like, so seamless the way they cut the shot and and the the gore into it that it almost looks real. Like your mind blends it together as one shot. Like this is really going in this lady's eye. It like takes you into the movie in a way that like a lot of movies you can sit back and be like, oh yeah, that was some cool gore. That was like, this is some snuff film shit right here. <laughs> I, I fucking love that scene. That's one of my all time favorite. I don't know if you, could you call it all time favorite zombie scenes? Probably not, but gore scenes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it even disqualifies itself as, as a zombie scene, considering all of that gore happens with a zombie off screen. Yeah, it's more like we want to, we want to. This woman will be nude, and then she will suffer. <laughs> it's like the ethos. All of she the wanted to do. Seventies. All she wanted to do was leave that island, but her um her her ma- her master husband said no. That guy's a, that guy's a clown, by the way. That's my opinion on him. He's he's a professionally bad scientist that puts everybody yeah. in danger. <laughs> you need at least one of those in a zombie movie. It took that's another thing that they needed to go. <laughs> it's this movie. I don't know if it was the, the Italian writing or what, but this movie hits so many of those old tropes too. Um, at first, I thought it was amusing, but the, like the longer I thought about it, like. Uh, can't remember the character's name of course but the uh the the islander the native islander who just has that old school like i'm a servant voice guy like (laughs) Uh, yeah that guy he he, uh (laughs) he serves as a good background character that eventually just want to listen to when I listened to him and they all could have got out of there. But when we talk about the voodoo and stuff, another thing that I think works so well is like we, this is a mystery from beginning to end. First, where is my father? Then second, what the hell is going on? And then 
third is how are we going to get out of this this situation from beginning to end this isn't just a a gore fest it's not just an exploitation movie it's not just a an italian spaghetti horror movie it it's not just a zombie movie this now is spaghetti horror that's a is that a term you just coined i believe he just coined that I, shit. i coined that and uh you're welcome <laughs> um, nothing like a 2021 play on an old racist trope about spaghetti westerns, but which so, also had really good soundtracks. It's kind of a thing, right? Nobody yeah, does just, it like the Italians. The no, mystery—they I mean, don't fuck around with them soundtracks. Mystery from beginning to end is just really fun, and we don't—we don't ever learn if if it's 100 percent voodoo curse we don't ever we never get a full-on explanation and that's okay because it exists in that universe and it's fun to exist in that mystery when you watch it i feel like if there was a solid conclusion it would take away from the aura of the film itself i think yeah the the hopelessness of the ending and not knowing where it came from or how to fix it is really like puts the nail in this movie. It's like, it's successful at just being dread like the whole time. It's it's, it's one of those uh, often imitated, but never duplicated type scenarios, because that is something that zombie cinema has tried to do for forever. But uh, I don't, I don't even think it's fair to compare them. Nothing ever matches it. This is like legit up there as one of the best. Like you can't have a conversation about all time greats without putting this movie directly next to George Romero and his creations. They're tied for first place. It really the pacing of this movie is just so good that it it never gets it never gets boring it never gets slow and it's always either giving you a new piece of the mystery or giving you some gore or character moments there's just no there's no filler that's that's what i love about it it's not drawn out too much it just hits that sweet spot here's some zombie <clears throat> shit Here's some more zombie and you know, shit. Every seven pages. While it's, you guys have mentioned it does borrow some tropes, I think that even though it does that, it also manages to come off as an its own unique entity as well. Yeah. Um, we're going to eventually slide into the sequels of this movie and all the way to Killing Birds which will be fun to do with Plump as well. What about the 2020 sequel? As much as I love this movie, I've never seen... I own the sequels, I've never watched them. That's something that I can honestly say, too. that I I have never seen Zombie Flesh Eaters 2. I haven't seen... And you can call it whatever you want, but it's, you know, Zombie 3, 4, and 5, essentially. Uh, But... I've never seen any of the sequels to this movie either, despite this one being so. Oh, don't for don't don't forget about six, 
I didn't even know there was a six. Wait, oh, okay, so I'm looking at this. Okay, so there's zombie two, which is this. There's zombie three. Those were the original Italian movies. Then there were additions made to the American series, starting with zombie four, after death, and then zombie five, killing birds. And then there were additions made to the Australian series. Ooh. Zombie four, which is IV <laughs> Bacterian, aka Panic, Zombie Five, Vengeance, aka Vengeance which, of the Zombies. I'm looking at it now, and it was made before every other one. Do, was made I do remember years. Vengeance Vengeance of the Zombies. I had no idea that, that was that was a sequel to Zombie Two. But what what interests me on this list is the one made in 2020. What was that called? Urban Decay. How is that even a part of the series? Well, it's zombie. Are, they, are five, you sure that's six, not seven, just eight? Zombie eight, urban decay in the mall. <laughs> zombie eight. <laughs> zombie eight, urban <laughs> decay. Now I'm gonna look at this fucking. Eight. I'm gonna. I'm on the. I am. I am debate. Oh boy, that cover looks bad. IMDb okay, it has reliable. a fat zombie as the main zombie. Wait, oh, the fat, boy. The it's in pre-production right now, apparently. It says 2020. Okay. So, 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 so this, is, this isn't out yet, apparently. Yeah, as yet, like garbage. Yeah, that's, the ones that I see that are right off uh, our alley. go up to 7, and 7 came out in 1975, which is interesting. <laughs> zombie 7? So they... <laughs> They retroactively named it Zombie 7, then. Yes. Apparently. It was called Night of the Seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a time movie, right? It was uh, Spanish, actually. Spanish horror film written and directed by Amando de Osorio. Uh, yeah. What about so, Zombie Battle Royale? So we have... we have Also we part have, of the series and one of the fucking timelines here. We have Australian ripoffs of Italian ripoffs. There's also Thai ripoffs <laughs> of Italian ripoffs of American ripoffs. There's American ripoffs of the Italian ripoff of the American ripoff. Somehow less convoluted <laughs> than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. <laughs> well, that's very true. You got a prequel to a prequel and a sequel to a prequel that's a prequel to a sequel. And then that's we have incredible. this one that started it all, sort of. Get him, cuz. It's the... I hate oh, that. That sucks. The... The... I don't even... I can't even find the word that I'm looking for right now. Um, Perplexed. Fortitude from the Italians as filmmakers is also unmatched just they really they really were at least up until a certain point i haven't watched any like modern italian stuff but they they are unmatched man they they really are they're still doing this same shit i don't think they ever stopped really i didn't i i kind of i, fell I don't see it. why they would why would they stop and here's what i want uh, now, obviously, Blue Underground has the rights to this, and they've put out many, 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 many special editions 
Is that who did the 4K? Yeah. Yeah. They issued so many. Right before they released the actual 4K, they put three different versions of a 4K transfer out on like a three-disc set with different cases and slips and covers. And it pissed a lot of people off that like less than a year later, the the 4K came out. Yeah. And then the 4K doesn't include the soundtrack CD. So you're kind of left like needing to have one of the Blu-ray. You have to buy, you kind of have to buy both. But despite that cash grab, considering this is Zombie 2, the sequel to Dawn of the Dead, a.k.a. Zombie, in Italy, why not throw a Dawn of the Dead Part 2 slipcase or something on top of this thing? Um, I think Blue Underground doesn't want to get... They don't like getting sued, whereas a company like Severin... (laughs) You got Severin that... It doesn't. It doesn't have to necessarily be an American company either. Yeah. I'd be. I would buy yeah. just that slipcover, man. If they put that out without even a, a disc release. Well, there's people online cool. that make custom slips. Yeah, there's a. You have the Alien Two slip, and the, I believe what it was Terminator Two. Yeah, I have that, that slip exists. Shocking Dark. They have a Terminator Two yeah. slip on that. They have the Jaws we, Five. We have Cruel cool. Jaws. There's a would be really really cool. Too. Yeah, just full on market this thing as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead in every way, shape, or form. Despite the fact that this is an iconic film to genre fans, I don't think the average person I don't think the average person that you meet even is aware of Dawn of the Dead at this point. If they're just streaming shit on Netflix for for their films, I I've I don't think you're going to just bump into people who can have deep in-depth conversations about zombies in general that aren't AMC's The Walking Dead. But why not try to market this as the Dawn of the Dead sequel everywhere, despite the fact that it has, you know, found its niche as zombie, zombie 2, zombie flesh eaters, whatever. I just really don't see that working all that well. Well, the guy who owns the rights to Dawn of the Dead, was it Jason Rubenstein? Is that the guy's name? The piece of shit who won't, he wants an exorbitant amount of money to put it out in the U.S. That's why there's no releases since the original Blu-ray release. It's like a rights nightmare. So if you put out a slip with more the reason on it, he'd be fucking all over that immediately. More the reason to fuck with him. I'm with you. Like, it, let's do it. <laughs> the, the way you get the way you get around that is really easy you don't have people pay for the pirated item it's that simple it's all it takes to get around those laws uh, buy this disc and as don't buy it donate and we'll send you this disc with this fucking case that's that's all it takes that's probably how severin gets around it why don't we just bootleg every movie we do on here and include a CD with the podcast on it and have our own little cover art with our like logo on it. Seems like a lot of work. Sounds like a, a way to go to federal, <laughs> federal felony bullshit prison. No, 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 no. We're accepting donations. You get this pirate so shit over here for free. We're taking profit on pirate shit then. 
taking donations. That's how it works. We're not taking. We're not taking profit. We're just spreading these movies out to people, and we're getting paid for our efforts. I don't. I don't see the the. That's capitalism, right? So, are you telling oh. me in this country we can't do, we can't make money as honest men like that? <laughs> exactly. We're sharing the artistic the expressions of, of others. No, we'll, we'll we'll donate the money we make to some zombie charity. The fuck. Exactly. Zombie yeah, charity. No, that, yeah. <laughs> what? We just. I just made a zombie charity last week. In fact, helps orphan zombies. How about a zombie prevention charity that we create to put money in into the efforts to stop a zombie apocalypse? It's already going bad. Right, does anybody have any uh, final thoughts about zombie before we uh, wrap up this episode? The gore. The gore. The gore meter, it's coming now. Ready? Where's the gore oh, yes. meter? Oh, yes. I didn't know if you were still on the gore meter. I'm absolutely on the on the gore meter. So, the gore Fuck, meter, Mondo. zombie Come two, on. zombie flesh eaters, zombie. I'm giving it a nine and a half out of ten. Oh, that's almost that's almost a ten. That's almost a, a ten. A, a half a point. Well, no, it what took the... three weeks to get there, but we got there. What the and fuck? It's going to be a tough one to beat. You wait and see. Well, there's so let me just highlight the, the throat ripping part where the zombie bites bites um Susan's throat and rip and the that's so seamless. It's just like the the eye part. It's so good. It looks so realistic. Then you have uh, Brian with the shovel bashing that zombie's head in. You have the head smash with the cross. There's so many great scenes. This movie easily deserves a nine point five. Let's not even uh, take away from the fire at the at at the close of the climax of the film, just burning all of the zombies with Molotovs. There's everything falls into the gore category. I, I would count that as a special effect, and pretty. I would count that as gore as well. So yeah, there's um. There you can't you can't go too far in this movie without seeing some incredible gore. So I'm assuming that we again are without a Mondo minute. Oh yeah, I did the intro, so where's the <laughs> where's the mortis minute, motherfucker? Oh wait, that was oh. Uh, yeah, that was the art uh, <laughs> the mortis the, minute. The problem is the delivery stiff. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, I don't have a mortis minute, but I will take a minute and thank our listeners for taking the time to listen to the podcast and uh, go ahead and plug our social media that exists and has totally been created in the time that we have started. Go ahead and check us out, Zombie Apocalypse, on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, check out the Patreon. We are doing zombie television show content for the meantime but there's a lot of cool things to come go ahead and check us out and i will talk to you ghouls later is that low enough sure